Brown Soup, Historical Pubs, and The Queen on Lockdown. This week, we're in Windsor, England. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Each week, we explore the cuisine of a different place on this planet Earth. And this week, we're in Windsor, England. Now, most people visit Windsor for the famous Windsor Castle, home of the royal family, and we'll definitely be talking about that. But there's also interesting dishes and drinks to try in Windsor. And my guest for this is Alice Bever. Alice is a blogger, tour guide, actress, and singer. She splits her time between Naples, Italy, and Windsor, England. So when I first talked to Alice, I was expecting either a British accent or an Italian accent, but it turns out Alice is an American expat from California. And speaking of accents, when Alice and I first started talking, I mean, before I hit the record button, when she pretty much first picked up the phone when I called her, she pegged my accent as being from Chicago in just about two seconds. So she wins the accent identification round hands down. Like I said, Alice and I talk about Windsor Castle, but also about Windsor Farm, a working farm owned by the royal family. We also talk about the tragically named brown soup, and we talk about a local dish that sounds a lot like French toast, but don't call it French toast, and some great Portuguese tarts, a surprising find in Windsor. We also fit in a little Jimmy Page talk. But first, could you do me a favor and spread the word about the podcast? Share a link to the show on Facebook or Twitter or just tell a friend the next time you have a conversation at a responsible social distance, of course. Destination Eat Drink. Alice Bever, you are a blogger. You are a food tour guide, you're a singer, you're an actress, you do a little bit of everything, which is why I was so much looking forward to talking to you. And you're an expat from California who makes her home part-time in Windsor. And so what I'd like to do today is have sort of a virtual tour of historic Windsor. So Alice, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> where do we start in Windsor? Thanks for having me. Sure. Where do we start in Windsor? Um, okay. I think we'll start at the uh, King George III statue, which is um, at the end, or I guess you would consider the beginning of the long walk. Let's pretend our backs are to the statue. You will be looking straight ahead at the castle. And and that 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 long walk is connecting the King George III, if you for you Hamilton fans, mm. if you probably remember that <laughs> very great character. Um and that's at the that's part of the Windsor Great Park, um, which is it's a close to 5,000 acre park. Wow. Very old. Yeah. It has a, a long history, at least a thousand years old, but um, you know what they, it was mainly um, from the 1350s, um, a hunting place, but then now it's made into a, a park that people can visit a lot of these great um, places. And it's from, from my experience and just, you know, growing up in the United States and seeing all these national parks, I have to say some of the walks I've done in the Windsor Great Park are mind blowing. 
the terrain that you can cover in one day and you can just walk out of your house and you know from basically from the statue where we're standing at right now there's all these trailheads and you can just oh you can explore and you'll see you can you can run into these beautiful ponds or rivers or lakes virginia waters um as, as some people might know from the harry potter film but um also just the savile gardens uh you can look at these beautiful um you know villas and yet you're still in Windsor. Um, it, it borders Runnymede. I don't know if, you know, that's probably not a name. We were like, oh, Runnymede. But that's where the Magna Carta was signed. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a very large park. Last spring, we were there for the time of, of the planting, you know, where they're planting the crops, the corn, and um, seeing the calves being born. I mean, not literally seeing them born, but yeah, the, the calves would appear. And um, there it also there's also a shop. Um, this, this, the farm has existed for about 170 years, but there's a shop that you can buy the products from the Royal, you know, grounds, which isn't that so cool. This is something that folks probably aren't aware of is that the Royals have this huge farm and it's an actual working farm. So they've got animals there. They plant crops there. What are some of the things that we can get in the shop that would be kind of cool mementos if we were, if we were there? I mean, you can buy, they have different rotating products because it is, you know, they, they really keep it local, but they, you can, um, a lot of people go there and buy their eggs. I mean, that's probably not a memento that you have. Um, <laughs> not going to go in the carry-on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gem, you can get um, jams and, you know, honeys and just different um, various products there they've got that are all made from the farm. It's, it's really incredible. I had no idea that this existed. And it's just, uh, you know, walking towards a castle, you're looking at the castle and it's this beautiful place. Um, and you're, you know, it's it's obviously a place where people are, it's probably the most famous thing, you know, one of the most famous castles in the world. And it definitely is the place where you've got it's the most and the most inhabited castle in the world, you know, also over a thousand years, close to a thousand years. Um, we have people living there and, uh, you know, 1100 built by the William the Conqueror. And so you're thinking of all this grandeur, you know, but then they also have their, their, their animals and their crops, and, you know, <laughs> and it's something you wouldn't associate necessarily with the, with royalty, but it's definitely there and it's lovely. It really is. Yeah, the the castle, um, which I actually didn't check to see if the queen is there. She has um, been spending most of her time in Windsor Castle. And there's a flag when she is there. The, the flag is is up, so you know she's there. Um, so during the lockdown, she's been, you know, locking down just like us, like all of us. <laughs> Locking down in Windsor Castle is in a little in a, little, in a little more luxury than us, Alice. <laughs> but your your point is well taken. <laughs> yeah, um, there's yeah, there's about 500 people um, who who live in Castle. I mean, I actually met someone at a pub. I will briefly mention later on, but who would was would sing in the the cathedral at St George George's Cathedral, and um, he what he had he was a, a cantor, and he actually had housing in the in the in Windsor Castle oh, for his cool. time. Uh, yeah. So it's a fascinating place. But one of the things Queen Victoria has have, you know, in King Albert, they made it their home. Some people it's been their home away from their 
palaces. And since I'm always looking for connections to uh, to Naples and to Italy, the Henry the Fourth. Uh, who was born in Windsor, his wife, they were there for a while. And she's uh, Margaret of Anjou, you know, the Anjou, her, her, her husband, her, um, her father was king of the kingdom of Naples. So she was actually raised between France oh, and uh, Naples and Capua actually is where they were in the, the Royal palace there. But she was also, you know, I'm always trying to connect the world. So I've, I have to say, I've never been to Windsor or Windsor Castle. I've been to London several times, and I've just never made it out there. I don't know why. Um, I should have. But I guess my stupid question to you is, can you actually go inside and take a tour of the Windsor Castle? Absolutely. Yes, yeah, not a stupid question, though, because there's a lot of places you can't. No, you can. And um, it's pretty fantastic. I have I like Aside from the fact that um, the the way it's run, it's run so well and so polished that um, the people are the, you can ask anyone who is maybe not you wouldn't think we're even any, anywhere connected to the tour of the castle anything and they will tell you facts about the castle you could never find on a on a guidebook because um, I didn't I didn't know this until I started kind of doing more work here. But not only do they go through an extensive process of history and learning all about the, the, the castle, but the people that are whatever area they're in, they really become experts. It's a, so much to see that you definitely I, – the benefit of being here is that you can go back if you buy a ticket. You can return. Also, you know, if you if you're a resident here, you can go for free. Um, but if you uh, if you come and you want to go back and, and visit, you can go back to the castle as many times as you want. Oh, cool. During the year. Yeah. Yes, you definitely can visit. And there is a lot to see. In 1992, there was a big fire. But they they, you know, have redone all of that. And a lot of things were saved. Um, but it was kind of an interesting thing because the 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 one part that they had to completely redo was the part that was made in marble and they brought all the marble in from Italy Italy it had <laughs> yeah and all and they were they were mentioning I mean they have had they had to redo everything but some things were you know were were like a little bit they were able to recreate a little bit more perfectly this the marble which is gorgeous um, the, that's the, the workers on this part were the only non-British people because they had to bring in marble workers from Italy to come and do the Italian marble. Yeah. Awesome. Speaking of, um, the queen Victoria. Um, so when, when looking at the um, kind of the recipes that might come out of Windsor, um, one of the recipes of, of that, that came out was, um, brown soup. <laughs> and now the name the now the name is brown soup but it's had other doesn't sound appetizing <laughs> it doesn't does it it doesn't sound good and I, they're, they're, the name which has become brown soup it had a royal entry into the world and then it fell to um <laughs> a, a name which became the brown soup of windsor <laughs> or windsor brown soup but um so it, it they believe it was created by the same person who started a1 steak sauce steak sauce oh okay uh, yes. Um, and then the, um, the queen liked the soup, which is basically, it started out as a kind of like, um, a broth beef broth and some vegetables with, um, noodles. 
Um, and then a, her chef, who was also, uh, he was French-Italian, um, he kind of fancied it up and, and um, with some vermouth uh, and like made it quite even even nicer than its original recipe. And he obviously, every, that, and during the Victorian age, a lot of people really wanted to um, be royal, you know, and he printed a, uh, a cookbook, The Modern Cook. And it had that recipe in there, the Windsor soup. And so all the cooks at that time, all the women wanted to make this soup. So the soup became very popular, you know, a representation of royalty. But it was easy, you know, it's easy to make because basically it's, um, it's a beef stew that's cooked very long. And I mean, you can make it with different meats or whatever, but ox, oxtail was one of the original ones, but, and some finished with a little bit of um, vermouth or some kind of um, alcohol, if you want. Vermouth, another Italian connection. Exactly. Um, but then as, as things kind of progressed, it lost its luster starting at the, you know, industrialization of food and mass production. And because it was easy to, and pretty cheap to make, it became kind of like a staple in like military and staple oh. in um, like, like, like um, railroad cars or whatever. And it got very, it got de, de, de luxuryified <laughs> and became like synonymous with the worst kind of British food. So that's why for some reason, the, you know, this soup is not talked about that very, very much in Windsor, but I thought it was really funny that it kind of has this history of that starts with the Royal, you know, the, the royalty and ends up with you know, being a butt of many jokes on uh, sitcoms in the 70s, um, like Faulty Towers. I'm not sure if you ever saw that. Oh, maybe. sure. I'll have to go so, back and watch um, because I don't remember them talking about brown soup in there, but they must have been, yeah, right? Brown, Windsor soup. Windsor soup. Okay, yes. cool. I'll look for that. So yeah, the, the, if we were walking on our, on our, on our virtual tour, what, what I would do, because we, we, we would need to have a beer, I would think. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So actually the entrance to the castle is a little bit further on, but as you walk down from the statue, you you know, it's, it's almost three miles. And so you're tired and you're going to you know, look at the castle and you've seen the cows maybe. And so you turn left and you, you hit two brewers, um, which is a quintessential British historic pub. And it is one of my favorites in all, honestly, and including pubs in London. And I, I love this place. Um, it's on, it's, it's, well, outside is very beautiful. It's decorated in these, you know, beautiful hanging plants, just how you imagine, you know, that, that just friendly, welcoming place. And then you go inside and you get, you know, can just enveloped by the warmth of the, 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 you know, the fire, they've got historical facts, Every day, you know, they write on the blackboard the historical facts, which I'm a nerd and I really like that. <laughs> and um, it's so tiny, not a very easy place to be. It, obviously, now it's closed. It'll be open tomorrow, but um, it's very cozy. And um, they it just the, the it, it was started. I mean, the, the building is from 1709, but it's been a pub since 1792 when uh, supposedly an uncle and a, and a nephew were brewers they they were part of the windsor brewery which was there and that's where the name comes from two brewers although there's a lot of two brewers around in england so you got if you do want to go you need to, to google two two brewers windsor go to the right one the food is excellent um but also the 
anyone who has been in Windsor has come by this pub. It's kind of a pub where you wouldn't expect it, but it's the person who went, you know, cycling. There's a lot of cycling in this area because it's a really nice place to 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 do that. Um, so you have cyclists that have just kind of come by. You've got the tourists that have come by. You've got the the local, you know, man who's always coming in at five o'clock on Friday. You know, you're gonna meet any kind of person there, and it's really a, a really welcoming type of of um, pub. Do they brew their own beer there, Alice? They don't anymore, but they did. That's what it started out as. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's not. Um, the there is the Win- Windsor and Eaton breweries, which um, I, I mentioned just briefly about the caroler. Um, well, I I didn't tell you he was a caroler, but I met a caroler who then gets such a beautiful voice. I asked him about you know, oh, where did he sing? And he said, I used to sing in the castle. And that's the person I met. He used to live in the castle. But I met him at the George, um, which is in Eaton. When we end up in Eaton, I'll tell you a little bit more about that area. But the George is the flagship um, pub of the Windsor and Eaton Brewery. So there is a brewery in Windsor. And there's lots of um, different micro breweries coming up in the area as well. But it's, True Brewers is not a brewery anymore. Speaking of um beer and ales um the like absolutely di- like opposite of this kind of uh pub experience is a a really great initiative called the hoppy place <laughs> great name and it's a little um it's so cute and it, it, i i want to say hole in the wall but not in a way that it's it's very it's very clean and pretty and bright. It's just a little gem um, of that was started about a year ago by a group of friends and family. Uh, it's a small group, and they they um, you can buy any kind of beer, <laughs> and they are the kind you know just that and those kind of people where you I never go in there with coming out with the same thing. I've, I've always want to learn more, and you can just anything. They're so knowledgeable. You know, you can choose um, from anything that's international, but they know a lot about the local beers. And um, I learned a lot about ales and and um, also about how local, you know, how even though that is changing, but how in England, the beer climate and the ale climate is quite local. Um, It's really shifted during COVID and we'll see what happens, you know, in in the future because a lot of these small places are are really struggling. But one of the reasons why I like to support the Hoppy Place because it's a small place, but it's also supporting all these independent, a lot of independent breweries all over. It's, it's a great place. And that's a really fun hangout um, to also meet locals um, because it's not a place where it's not, it's on the, the high street, but you kind of, you know, it's kind of tucked away and it's just a great place to go and have a laugh and, and, you know, learn something also. So we've got two great places to get a beer, um, the Hoppy yes. Place and, and two brewers. Uh, yes. Where should be our next stop on our little walking tour? Yeah, I, I mentioned uh, the the brown uh, the brown soup, but <laughs> I will I will now pepper that with a better recipe, um, which is the the it's like really on basically it's French toast, but it's the Knights of of Windsor. Um, it's called the 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 Knights of Windsor toast or French toast. And um, if you look at the recipe, it's basically French toast, what we would know, you know, it's, it's, um, it, 
is made from, you know, bread that um, is maybe not fresh, you know, if the fresh spread a little dry and then you soak it in, in, in uh, egg and, and that's basically the recipe. But I didn't know about the, the history. So basically this um, Knights of Windsor or lost bread or the poor Knights of Windsor French toast, um, it came when um, in, the, in the 1340s when the English were in, in France, a lot of these knights were going over there and they would be, you know, they would be there a long time. They would be ransomed. They'd come back and they wouldn't have any money. Right. And they would come to Windsor and they were given room and board and, you know, and, and their thank you for praying for the king and would be, they would give them this, they would give them food. And this was apparently one of the big recipes that came from this situation of France. Windsor was this Knights of Windsor or the poor Knights of Windsor French toast. But if you look at the recipe, it really is what we would consider, you know, what we would eat on a Saturday morning. Um, with lots of whipped cream. So these guys, these knights who were, I don't know, is kidnapped the right word, um, were held hostage. Were they, how did they bring back this recipe? Were they uh, fed this while they were in captivity or? So I think it, no, I think it was what, once they came, once they came back to, to Windsor, that, you know, they were. It's kind of a poor man's dish. It's a poor man's dish. So we see in all these different cultures, the dry, what can we do with dried old bread? You know, like right. our stuffing, you know, just coming from Thanksgiving or, you know, pan Purdue or like all these different kinds of um, things. It was a, it was a, a cheap way with, with eggs, which were pr- plentiful to, to nourish these people that came back and basically had nowhere to live because they, they dedicated their life to the king, but had also, given they'd been ransomed. So they basically gave all the money that they had, you know, in, in when they were imprisoned and when they finally made it back, they got to have French toast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'll be damned if we're going to call it French toast <laughs> after they held yeah, me hostage no, for the no, last 15 don't years. Call it that. <laughs> um, and on the, on the, just on the tales of the, the pastry, cause I love pastries and sweets so much. Um, across the street is this really great uh, family run um, across the street from the the two brewers, sorry, um, is a family run, a cafe. These two um, people from Madeira, Portugal, and they, aside from the fact I always feel like it's a little bit of Naples, even though obviously they're not Italian, but there's this warmth and, you know, kind of lots of chatter and they're funny and it's just a great place to go. But they have pastéis de nada. I know I'm oh. pronouncing that wrong, but it may come in fresh and they are amazing. We're talking about the, the famous custard egg tarts from Lisbon that were made in yes. the uh, monastery there that you can now get all over Portugal, basically. But these guys are from Portugal, so they're making them in Windsor. What's the name of the place? Uh, Claremont's. And so it's, it, and if you look at it from the outside, you think, and it's it's right it's um just a little bit further on from like the 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 tuber is what i which i had been talking about um and it's almost right across the street from where they would enter the castle and um so it's right downtown and it is just a the great sandwiches great soups everything's made from scratch but that is i go there for my you know it's been open during the second lockdown so i've been you know like I think I need to go in and get my, <laughs> it's just a great mood lifter. It's wonder. And there are, I've, you know, I've been to Portugal. I know that it is 
literally, it is just delicious and made perfectly. Get um, half a so dozen. What, you don't know how long you're going to be in lockdown. <laughs> across the street, I don't know if you've ever heard of the the Crooked House no. of Windsor. Um, so it's easy to find because it's <laughs> crooked. So another connection to Italy, you know, the, the leaning tower right, of right, Oak, right, this would be right. the leaning tower of a green Oak that shouldn't have been built in this. In and so basically this, um, this house that's right. Um, it's right next to the guild hall, which they believe was finished by Christopher Wren. Um, the, the art architect, you know, did St. Paul's and, and was, was definitely in Windsor uh, as a child as well. But anyway, this beautiful building, the guild hall, but right next to it, um, is the, this house that is so it's leaning. Uh, it's not a right now. I don't really know what is in there now. It had been a, a jewelry shop. Um, but it was, it's very old. It's about 400 years old, but it was built, um, with green oak and that warped. So mm, it, okay. um, it, it, it eventually just, you know, it's, it's, um, it is really leaning, um, uh, was not <laughs> intended to be that way. And, but I, um, an interesting fact about that, um, any of the, the people who are interested in, you know, theater and the, you know, I, I, I think, you know, Shakespeare, anyone knows about Shakespeare, you know, the Mary Wise of Windsor, he was here, but Nell Gwynn, um, who was, you know, King Charles II, uh, one of his mistresses, who, who was an, a, you know, prolific uh, actor, but she also had a home here. He, and uh, one, or he had a, a place where she lived. And that is, they do know where that was. That was. It actually had been uh, until recently a Chinese restaurant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they say that under the, the crooked house, and that's let's almost cross the street from the crooked house. So they're very close that they, that, that was a, there was a, there is a secret passageway and that was a way wow, for them to meet. Course. But they also say it could be the passageway to the, uh, the, the kitchens at the Windsor castle. So it's either food or love what was happening in the passage, uh, passageways underneath the, the crooked house. And, and really what else do you need? Yeah. <laughs> what else do you need? Exactly. Food and love. It's great. Windsor has a lot of famous residents, you know, not just the Royals, um, you know, yes. being a, big Led Zeppelin fan. I know that Jimmy Page lived in Windsor for at least a period of time. So my question to you is, do you ever see any of these famous, who are some of the famous people who live there? And do you ever see any of them like out and about? I, you know, you're not going to run into the queen getting an espresso in her slippers and her robe, but you know, maybe you see someone at the, at the grocery store or something like that. I don't know. Ever run into anybody? No, I think I've had a lot more quote unquote sightings or just experiences in, in Naples. Um, El cause Elton John, um, he has a house here and he, you might, if you look on a map, you see old Windsor and Windsor. So it's kind of confusing, but he's in old Windsor. Um, this is new Windsor. It's not that new, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he has a, his, his, has a house in, in old Windsor and, um, Michael. So I have to check this, uh, facts on this, but I, I believe, so Michael Caine, the actor, and Jimmy Page, I think like either Michael Caine has lived there twice or Jimmy Page has lived there twice. But I believe that they were sold. I really need I'll need to check on this, but um, that they were they sold them. I mean, it was changed hands back to exchange. each other. Yeah. Um, and no, I have not seen any of these people um, at all. I do feel like I've had a couple um I do think I saw Prince Andrew 
uh, in in uh, the you know Range Ro- Rover one time <laughs> when I was walking on in the in the back the when he was actually driving. Uh, yeah, I haven't had any. I'm so sorry. That's so disappointing. Oh, that's okay. It- you just need to have someone open like a vinyl record shop in old Windsor and Jimmy Page will be there. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of famous people, by the way, and Eaton. So Eaton, I mean, we we know Eaton College or people know Eaton College um, because it's, uh, well, you know, a lot of politicians have been, you have attended, Boris Johnson, Dave Cameron. Um, but also... Um, I was working on a project recently that was uh, about George Orwell, and I did not know. Did you know that George Orwell went to Eaton College? Nope. And <laughs> Good info. Guess who? Can you guess who one of his teachers were that really influenced his work? Oh no! Don't don't make me do Aldous this. Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley. That, yeah. Speaking yeah. of Jimmy so, Page, <laughs> I know, and um. So he didn't end up, George Orwell didn't end up um, finishing, but he, so he basically got a scholarship. Eden College started as a free, um, you know, college or prep school. It started out that way um, as a charity school. Um, and it was supposed to be, you know, 70 boys who couldn't, you know, get educated. Because at that point, obviously, you, you know, at that time, you, in order to have any kind of education, you have, had to have money. So that's where it started. And it's really changed because I think, um, what did I, I look yeah, it's a uh, 42,000 pounds a year. Mm. They still do. They still do scholarships. But anyway, at the time, um, when George Orwell went, he was a scholarship student, um, and he hated it. Um, but, <laughs> and he didn't finish. Oh. Um, but he was taught by Aldous Huxley, who was very influential on, in his in his work, it was very. Sure. It, it, I had, yeah, had no idea. Um, also, um, Percy Shelley studied uh, there. So there's yeah. I mean, the list is very long of of people who who have gone to um, who have gone to uh, Eton. But um, I, I mentioned just you know obviously there's there's a lot of historical places in Eden. It's a just a gem. It's a sweet little town. Lots of things. Um, just walking in the high street, little bookshops where I think Windsor, um, where they they have a lot of um, uh, bustle because it's proximity to the castle. So uh, you have, you know, obviously there's tourist um, uh, shops, but it's not over. I, I really don't feel like it's inundated by tourist shops, but there's, you know, there. But the reason why we're ending up here is have you ever heard of the Eaton Mess? The Eaton Mess. I've heard. I've heard of this. Oh no, but I can't. I can't remember what it is. Um, so the Eaton mess um, has lots of um, mystery. Is that the right word? I'm not sure. Tour towards its uh, the meaning of its um, name, but also its origin. But basically, um, you know, uh, pavlova, like those. Um, yeah, it's like a meringue. It's, yeah, the cake. The cake named after the um, the ballerina. Yeah. So it's basically this, the, the, um, they say it was because there was a match and they had this, um, beautiful cake and a dog ran over and this was like in the twenties, last hundred years ago, dog, a Labrador specific Labrador and like went and like ruined the cake, but the, the boys were so hungry from their match that they ate it anyway. <laughs> but I don't think this is really the t- doesn't matter. 
That's what I always say about these stories. Don't care if it's true. Love Do we the story. care? We don't care because it's delicious. <laughs> and um, I mean, it, there, it, it basically um, is a, a disheveled or like a, I'm not even disheveled. That's the right word, wrong word. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's like a pavlova. So it's, um, you've got uh, meringue and you've got the jam and people, everyone, you know, kind of makes it in a different, um, it's a cakey, uh, really delicious um, dessert. It is a very, very good dessert. Um, but it's um, not, you know, if you, it's not a beautiful, refined dessert, uh, presentation, uh, purposefully so. But, and a lot of times it's, it, may, it might be served in like a, you know, a, a parfait dish. It could be served on a plate or whatever. But it's actually quite, you know, it's quite, got these really very nice tastes to it because it's got the meringue and the, you know, it's very sweet. And and so where would we go to like get an Eaton mess in Eaton? Is there a specific place or you just go into any bakery or restaurant you're going to get it? Anywhere, but it's really um, anywhere in England, really. You can, most restaurants, most British, you know, kind of fairly normal restaurants will have that, um, have that because I think it's just like a, and I, what I love too is it's, you know, the, it's eaten mess pudding. And I always like, well, but that's not pudding. Well, we know it's pudding, you know, that's cake. It's very confusing. Cake is not pudding and pudding is not cake. <laughs> yeah. But there is, I mean, it's kind of got, you know, cake and cream and strawberries and it's, um, it's delicious. It is really delicious. Well, it sounds divine, and we'll be sure and get that the next time we're anywhere in England, but especially in Eaton. Uh, Alice Bever, it's been just a joy to talk to you. I'm putting Windsor on my list now. Next time I'm in London, we'll definitely make a side trip to we'll make a side trip to Windsor, and we'll have a link to your blog. Uh, Naples Fabulous in the show notes as well. Thank you for being on the program today. It's been oh, great to talk to you. it was such a pleasure. I had a great, just a great time um, getting to know your your work as well. I love what you're doing. I love these journeys, and I love that you invited me to be part of that. So thank you so much. It's a it's a it's a joy and an honor. Oh, thanks, Alice. Thank you, Brent, and take care. You know, I love it when I slip in a little Jimmy Page talk. I think that's the third episode when I fit in some Zep talk. Maybe someday I'll tell the story on the podcast about the time I met Jimmy Page. Anyway, uh, talking to Alice was great. Her enthusiasm just made my day. I hope you enjoyed it too. And that'll do it for this week's show. Next week, we are in Chicago to taste high cuisine from a metal lunchbox and a dish made with helium. Until then, get over to the website, DestinationEatDrink.com. There's tons of foodie travel guides and my blog. This week's post, it's about a unique pineapple in Hawaii. And that's at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and King of the Castle, Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. Wear your effing mask, and I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. <laughs>